Hello and welcome to Audiobook Connection, behind the scenes with the creative teams. I'm Becky Parker Geist and I'm your host. Audiobook Connection is your place to learn about the audiobook creative process and for authors to learn valuable tips on producing and marketing your audiobooks. This podcast is sponsored by Pro Audio Voices, helping great stories come alive through audiobook production and marketing. Hi, everyone. Today we're going to talk about author-narrated audiobooks, some of the things that you'll want to be thinking about if this is the direction that you've decided to go. So first of all, I'd like to just refer you back to episode 34, Should You Record Your Own Audiobook? That would be a good episode to listen to if you're still on the fence, still trying to decide if recording your own is going to be the best option for you. Once you have decided, I do recommend that you do a short test recording yourself and listen back to that and also get someone else to listen to it, just to get some additional feedback as you move into the process. So now for the rest of this episode, we're going to work from the perspective that you've made the decision to record your own audiobook. One of the most important things about any recording of an audiobook is your sound quality. Now, this is very important for a couple different reasons. One that may be the more obvious is that your listeners are going to want to listen to decent quality audio because crummy audio is really unpleasant to experience. If you have yourself had the experience of listening to something where the quality of the audio is pretty low, you probably know exactly what I mean. You're more apt to turn it off and go find something else to listen to than to continue on. The second reason why high-quality audio is really important is that if you want to get your audiobook into the retail and library channels, it must pass the basic standard for the industry. There are many aspects to what those technical standards are, but they're all in place to create a standard by which all audiobook files must pass. They need to meet that bar of excellence in order to be included in the audiobook retail offerings. Certainly, of course, just an additional thought around your audio quality is that it's going to reflect on you, the author. Even if you had somebody else who was doing the recording, but it was your content, it would still reflect on you. So it's very, very important to have high-quality audio in your audiobook. All right, so with that as a given also, let's talk about what your options are. You have essentially two to three different options. One is you're going to go to a professional studio. The second option would be finding what I'll call a semi-professional studio. It could be a professional home studio, but that's basically what we're talking about. Someone else's studio that may not be, for example, a fancy retail option for people who want to do voiceover recording but it still has a professional sound. 
And the third is recording in your own home, getting yourself set up with a studio set up there. The first option, going to a professional studio, will almost certainly take care of that question of audio quality. The studio is going to be set up and prepared and designed to create that high-quality audio that you look for. When you do go to a professional studio, it's going to be important that you let them know, if they're not already familiar with the standards for audiobooks, that you let them know what those standards are. You may not understand what those technical specifications mean, but the audio engineers will and they'll deliver files that are appropriate. Another advantage to going to a professional studio is that you'll have a technician who is handling all that technical information, all that manipulation of the machinery, the software. They'll be able to provide guidance to you in terms of your mic technique. All of these things are going to be handled for you. And for that reason alone, this becomes a much simpler option than the other two. And the one other piece of the puzzle that is, again, nice to have in this context or with this option is that you'll have somebody who can follow along with your manuscript so that if you do make an error, they can alert you to it and that can save time later on and also help with the quality of the overall audio. Because if you need to fix something, it's so much better to be able to fix it as you go along rather than having to come back later on a different day after that error has been caught and assuming that it's something that matters enough that you want to change it. Doing it in the moment is so much easier. It will sound better than if you come back on another day. Now let's jump to your second option, and that is the what I'm going to call the semi-professional option. This is where you may know somebody who is a friend or a relative or who lives nearby you that has their own home studio. This would be a studio which is probably less professional looking. It could be or maybe not. You know, that's how it looks really doesn't matter. It could literally be blankets and comforters and foam over a frame with a microphone inside. But what matters is the sound quality. If the person who runs and owns this sound booth is in the industry, is doing professional work in audiobooks, and I mention that specifically because if they are podcasting only, then you'll want to be really clear about what it is that you need because podcasting does not have the same requirements for audio quality that audiobooks do. If you do know someone with a booth like this that has familiarity with audiobooks or that you feel confident is going to be able to help you with this, then some of the questions you're going to want to ask are things like, will they be handling the technical side of things? Or are they just going to show you how and then leave you to it? That seems less likely than someone who's going to let you use their booth and that they would want to have some control over making sure it's used properly. But these are questions to ask. So will they be handling the tech? 
Will they watch and follow along as you are reading so that they can stop you if you make an error that sounds like it needs to be fixed? And then, of course, naturally, you're going to want to talk about payment arrangements and whatever feels appropriate. Since it will be in their home, most likely, since that's the level of studio we're talking about, you're also going to want to know about when the space is available and does their schedule work with your schedule. If you're recording and they've got kids banging around in the next room, that's not really going to work for you. So you'll need to also be checking to make sure, ask about, are there specific time ranges when it typically is quiet enough to record? Or, you know, are there things that you need to be alerted to in terms of the noise levels for any times that you may want to be recording? For both options, one and two, the professional and semi-professional studios, and especially with the semi-professional, you're going to want to also make sure that they are utilizing safety protocols in terms of health, and that is especially around the microphones. If you figure there are other people who are also speaking very close to these microphones, and I think even if you're listening to this in what we might define as sort of the post-pandemic days, Right now, we're in the pandemic and looking forward to having some relief through vaccinations and other protocols. But I think that we're all going to be hopefully very alert to the fact that health protocols are very, very important, especially in small closed spaces and using things like microphones where they're very close to our faces when we're not able to wear masks. So just a little reminder about that. Let's take a short pause and we'll come back and talk about the third option, which is creating a home studio setup in your own home. I'd like to take a moment to tell you about one of our latest innovations. Here at Pro Audio Voices, we've come up with a system to help our clients gain control over the launch of their audiobooks. With Amplify, You'll start with a beautiful custom sales landing page for your audiobook. You set the retail price and you can run promotional pricing and get discount codes for special event offerings or any other reason at any time. Not only that, with Amplify, you'll earn a whopping 65% of your royalties based on the amount you sell each audiobook for. And remember, that's all pricing you control but we're taking it to the next level by adding in a series of emails with step-by-step -step tutorials on how to use that landing page once you've got it. If you're looking for a way to control your launch, your pricing, and get paid just three days after each sale is made, then schedule a call with me at proaudiovoices.com. Please note that Amplify is available exclusively to the production clients of Pro Audio Voices and to those who join our audiobook marketing program. We hope you'll join us. One of the first things you may want to check in with yourself about, and again, I just want to refer back to episode 34, do you have plans to set yourself up with a microphone because you have plans either for more than one book that you think you may want to narrate? You maybe have other books that you 
plan to narrate as well? Or are you planning to do some podcasting? These are questions to ask in terms of thinking about your long-term goals and how you want to set up. It's, it's going to make a difference in terms of your thinking about your space and the decisions involved in setting up your space for recording. So first of all, you want to be thinking about your sound, both from inside as well as from outside. So there are two different aspects of sound that you're paying attention to. One is the sound that you're putting forth into your microphone and is within your recording space and making sure that that, for example, doesn't sound echoey, that you have a lot of reverb in the room, you know, it's bouncing off hard walls, things like that. The other aspect is thinking about keeping external noises out, the dog barking next door, the kids playing in the yard, the leaf blowers. Well, it's hard to keep them out no matter what you do, but you want to be thinking about trying to minimize those external sounds. If we start first with the internal side of things, one of the things that you're going to want to do is ideally find a smaller room, ideally one that has soft goods that can be like drapes or foam or blankets. And you can hang blankets around you. There are lots of different ways to make that happen. It's all going to depend on your space. Many people like to record in a clothes closet, and there's some real advantages to that. You'll also want to be thinking about the floor of that space and make sure that you get some kind of carpeting or soft goods underneath you. That can actually make quite a big difference in the overall sound. Now, if you're recording in a closet and you have hanging coats and such around you, one of the risks that you need to be attentive to is that if you are rubbing up against those objects, that's going to create sound, even if it's very subtle, but it's going to be very noticeable. So you want to make sure that you have enough space in there where you're not touching the things that are hanging around you. Ideally, you want your space to be small. When you have a large room that you're recording in, it's much harder to control the bounce back of the sound waves and thereby manage your overall sound quality. Also, usually when you're in a larger room, there are a lot more hard surfaces. Hard surfaces around you when you're recording are rarely a good thing. So you want to, as much as possible, small space and a space with soft goods in all possible directions. One of the other things that can be helpful about a closet is often closets are inside the house and not up against an exterior wall of a house. That means that there's going to be a little more buffer space between you and outside sounds. And especially windows. Windows will let a lot more sound come through than a thick insulated wall. So since closets rarely have windows in them, that can also help out your overall situation. The next big question, and this is a really important one, and that is your microphone. You really need to have a decent microphone. Most often for this kind of work, using a condenser mic is a good idea. 
I'm not going to go in any details as to why that's true, because I don't know. You'll really want to talk to a professional who really understands the physical, mechanical technology of microphones if you want to get into that level of detail or do some Google research or something along those lines. What I know is that in the industry, condenser mics are going to be our best option. Condenser mics can come both in a USB option or an audio interface option. The USB mics are the simplest ones, and so generally, if you're looking for the simplest options all along the way, you're probably going to want to be looking for a USB. What that means, simply, is that the cable that goes from the microphone is going to go directly into a USB port on your computer. A microphone that requires an audio interface, that's another little piece of equipment that you would need because it has a different kind of cable and plug. It won't go directly into your computer as the USB mic will. With your microphone, you're going to need a pop filter, and that is a little screen that sits between your mouth and the microphone. They usually attach directly to the microphone stand or holder, and they help to minimize things like plosive P's and T's and other gusts of sudden air that come popping out of our mouths when we say certain letters. And without going into a lot of detail here about the specific techniques of recording an audiobook, one of the things that you will need to keep in mind is, in terms of good microphone technique, is you're going to need to be pretty close to your microphone. So typically that means somewhere between about four to six inches away from the microphone with your pop filter in between in the middle of that space. Right now, as I'm recording this, my mouth is maybe less than an inch away from the pop filter, which is just about three inches away from the microphone itself. And as you're recording, you're going to want to, as best as you possibly can, is to maintain that consistent relationship with your microphone. If you're twisting or turning or leaning forward or leaning back or turning to the side, all of those are going to dramatically change the sound as it goes into the microphone. So what you want to do is you want to be learning to keep yourself and your mic as a kind of unit that is pretty steady. Now, that can be challenging when you have to do things like if in your book you've got some dialogue where somebody is shouting. Those are some tricky moments. I'm not going to go into the details of how to handle moments like that right now, but just think about it overall as a goal to maintain that consistent relationship. And the other biggest piece in this puzzle for you in creating a home studio is going to be what software to use. Some people who are working on a Mac, as I do, have GarageBand. That comes built into a Mac, so that makes sense as a possible use. There are some settings that are important to make sure are adjusted properly on GarageBand, if that's what you're going to be using, so that you get the high-quality files that you're after. 
It's not the software that I generally recommend, but it is an option. Another free option is Audacity. That's a software that is used by many voiceover professionals and certainly can work well for you. And another option is Reaper, which you can either get as a free version for personal use or if you are going to be using it as a professional, has a low fee to get in. And then, of course, there are higher level, you know, fancier software that you can get into. I use Digital Performer. Some audio engineers use Logic. Many use Pro Tools. That's all a personal option. And looking at what are your needs and what software is going to be easy enough for you to learn so that you can get started and not be spending all of your time on this learning curve trying to figure out how to use the software for this project. So that's all we're going to cover for today. Again, we went over your options for author-narrated audiobooks. If you do not already have a studio set up in your home, then your options are basically finding a professional studio kind of on a retail level. Also, a uh, second option is finding somebody with a home studio that you know or maybe someone you know knows, you know, that you're able, where you're able to work out some kind of arrangement with that person or setting up your own studio in your own space. I want to thank those listeners who have reached out to me to let me know that this podcast is providing really helpful, valuable content for you. That is certainly my intention. So glad that you're finding value and I do still and always invite you to send in your questions to me so that uh, I can address those in future episodes. That way you get your answers as well as helping others who may have the same kind of question. You can email me at becky at proaudiovoices.com. And as I have said in each episode, if we can be of help and service, helping you get your audiobook completed through production or with marketing, please reach out to us. There's a lot more to the audiobook production process than this piece of getting the audiobook recorded. And so if you need help with the rest of that, we can also help you there. Have a great day and thanks for joining me. Thanks for joining us for Audiobook Connection, behind the scenes with the creative teams. Please take a moment to subscribe at audiobookconnection.com. The podcast is sponsored by Pro Audio Voices, helping great stories come alive through audiobook production and marketing. Learn more at proaudiovoices.com. Again, thanks for being with us and please join us next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.